Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, more apple butter discussion than ever before. Plus, we find out exactly what slot machine best expresses my personality. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. With us, uh, writer, improviser, Marin, former Marin County, California resident uh, uh your title these days is head writer for funnierdie.com oh, is that right i'm a right i'm not the head writer you're a writer for funnierdie.com yep. seth morris welcome to the program thanks for having me um it seems like the the odd the odd descriptor out in that was marin resident well it's former, important former. former that's important stuff yeah. because jordan here's the thing okay you know this our audience probably doesn't know this my wife teresa uh, was born and raised in Marin County in California, which is the county immediately north of San Francisco. It's um, uh, most of it is is very Tony, uh, mm-hmm. very uh, most of it is very lefty. Right. Um, it is sort of the definitional um, kind of affluent New Agey, et cetera, et cetera. Now I have to say I should insert here that Teresa's family has lived in Marin a long time, like multiple many generations. And Teresa's family is actually moderately blue collar, but um, but they're comfortable in this milieu. There's no doubt about that. And uh, you know, it's a it's an interesting place. The dad has a pickup truck, but he's got a dream catcher in it. Is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> he actually does. He he's, he works at a hardware store. has a has a pickup truck from the hardware store. I bet it does have it. it at the least, it has like a Jackson Brown tape in it. Or something. <laughs> um, so. It is a unique place, not a place given to birthing great comics necessarily. I'd say that's Although true, yeah. Dana Carvey does live there, right? Um, he moved there to get away from it all. Yeah, that- well, I think he moved there to have a botched heart surgery yeah. of some kind. Yeah, he had a horribly botched. I used to work at a preschool. I used to teach his kids at a preschool. Really? Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So it's really uh, Teresa's comedy heroes. You know how you sort of have local hometown comedy heroes. Sort of how I I feel so strongly about uh, like uh, Culture Clash, the sure. uh, sketch group originally from San Francisco, or how I feel so strongly about you know our buddies like uh, Jasper Red, Brent Weinbach, you know people from San Francisco who are who are really hilarious. And I have, uh, being from Orange County, I have uh, that really funny DJ who spins at Hennessy's on Thursday night. <laughs> also Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani, sure. Right. <laughs> really big Gwen Stefani booster. Yeah. And I guess you could say, well, I, guess you, I, I, guess, I guess Orange County considers Will Ferrell a native son. Oh, there you go. That's Irvine, something. I think. That's absolutely something. That's real. And uh, so for Teresa... <laughs> He's been in films. It's Seth Morris and, and Arge Barker. I remember when she... Each time she... I remember both of the instances where she found out that they were from Marin. I think Seth was maybe on stage at SF Sketchfest with his improv group Naked Babies, did a, did a, a, a scene where he was a Marin guy. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I said, you know, Seth is from Marin. Just her, her <laughs> eyes lit up and her, art, her heart hope opened to let Seth in. Yeah. You know? 
It's, it's, did we actually have officially say your name, Seth? I think we did. Yeah, I did. Okay. I did we? said okay. it. Okay. No, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Said I was. It. I was. Uh... Marin, was, did you ever see Serial? The uh, it's a movie. Oh yes, Martin Mall. I did not see the movie of it. I didn't even know there was a movie of it. But I have a copy of the. Book. Oh, you have the book. See, I didn't. I didn't know there was a book for a long time. Yeah, there's a book. This is this 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 serial novel the, called the Serial. Um, that came out in the Marin Independent <laughs> Journal, the okay. Marin IJ is mm-hmm. what they call it in in Mill Valley. It's very independent. Yeah, extremely, <laughs> extremely. Um, it can't be. You can't tie it down to one no ideology way. or. Um, and uh, it's basically from the little that I read of it. I bought it at a used bookstore as a gag gift mm-hmm. for uh, Teresa for Christmas once. Um, it appears you guys to be have a lot of fun. Primarily, <laughs> you guys have a lot of fun with your gag gifts. It's sort of like a 1981 type of thing, right? Does this sound about yeah. right? Like 1983. Yeah. Um, yeah. It it introduced to the world the idea of Marin. Basically, yeah. it's a like a almost like a self parody of Marin. Yeah, I would say it almost introduced the world to the idea of like making fun of new agey kind of. Exactly. Um, it's actually pretty funny though. Martin Mull, who's awesome, is yeah. really good in it. I'm not sure that the book is supposed to be funny. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's that's. Possible. Now, when you said Martin Mull was in the movie, I thought I immediately understood what the tone of it was. Right, right. I don't think the book is supposed to be a joke. Oh, okay. It's got a lot of cocaine in it. Gotcha. There's a lot of cocaine and a lot of dream catchers. Yeah. That kind of sums up sums up uh, Marin right there. Cocaine and dream catchers? Yeah, yeah. Sure, I'll buy Which that. Which is, we, we all went to Santa Cruz, and I heard... Um, What's his name? The guy from Camper Van Beethoven. He summed up uh, Santa Cruz as carrot juice and cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Are we supposed to really like Camper Van Beethoven because they're from Santa Cruz? Aren't they the only thing ever to come from Santa Cruz? Gosh, yeah. Um, Are they? Well, I mean, Santa Cruz is marked by uh, the, a, a the, lot of intelligence and creativity and a total lack of ambition, as yes. far as I could tell while I was there. Yeah. Uh, the film Lost Boys was filmed there. Yes. People won't shut up about that. God, and then what, there was another one oh. that Ben Affleck was in. Different. Yeah, there was some direct-to-DVD direct to Ben and Affleck movie. There was a, yeah, because the guy had gone to Santa Cruz, uh, the director had gone to Santa Cruz, and I remember... Um, they, because that, that's when I was a student. They, this kid came in, and obviously they said, "Oh, we'll give this, some of the students a job." Mm-hmm. And this kid thought he was so cool. And he, I remember he came in. It was like eleven o'clock, and he had a beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, well, I'm working on this film. If anybody wants to uh, be an extra, you can come out to the whatever, you know. Yeah, come down to the quad. I, I worked at uh, this Santa Cruz trivia. I worked at the uh, the the bagelry. Okay, sure. Which is I think of, the owner of the bagelry briefly was mayor of Santa Cruz while we were in while we were in college. Wasn't everybody mayor of Santa Cruz yes. for a little while? <laughs> that's that's kind of how they. It's a you know, it's kind of like uh, Socrates it's like an Indian just, Council, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. situation. Exactly. Every month they switch the mayor right. stick. If right. you're holding the conch, then right. you're mayor. Sure. Right. I don't want to come down too hard on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but um, wait. Is that was that the piece of trivia that you worked at the bagel room? Oh, oh, the other one was that I worked at the Good Earth on campus. Oh, nice. Oh, that's nice. So you ate a lot of. When we were at KZSE, the uh, Santa Cruz radio station, there was this guy called Phineas uh, who came on after us, something like that. Very nice young man. Uh, he did not attend UC Santa Cruz. He was attending community college in the area. 
um, but had decided to get involved with community radio. Uh, really, really nice guy. Like, I really can't say enough about how nice Phineas was. And uh, he worked at, um, what was that called? The food bin? Is that what it was called? The food co-op bin, sure. The food bin, the co- food co-op. And he would come up to the radio station with like a bag, like a pa- like a big brown paper bag, like a grocery bag, and it would have something inside it. You never knew what that would be. <laughs> it was just something that was like uh, too old to sell at the food right. bin or something. And so he would like open it up and he'd like reach in and he'd be like like 75 grain bread and almond butter. <laughs> or, you know, he was like reach in and be like brown bananas. Here uh-huh. we go. Just every every single and then he'd try and get us to eat them. You know, have some rice crackers and you it's know free, fish sauce. Man. It's, <laughs> really, it's really good. It. It's natural. Yeah. It's it's healthy. One of my favorite memories of, of working at the Good Earth, which is obviously a very hippie place, is they were giving us some sort of like safety um lesson, you know, or uh, um and uh one big thing was like you can't use any of the vegan stuff for anything but vegan stuff because mm-hmm. people get really upset. But there was a guy there who'd been he'd been working there for probably twenty years and he was one of these guys that, you know, had a big long dirty ponytail. Really nice guy. I think his name was Lee. But he started <laughs> telling us about how to, you gotta be careful if you have like hot water. He's like Cause I burned my foot with some potato water one time. <laughs> he's like, it got into my converse, man. man. It hurt, and everybody started laughing. He couldn't potato understand why. water. I feel like that's that's a really good illustration of Santa Cruz. Everyone laughing and the person not understanding why. Yeah, yeah. and also they're really nice too. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. Other, That's the yeah. other. You know, I just um, speaking of safety trainings, I recently somebody just yesterday sent me. Somebody emailed me from UC Santa Cruz and said, I'm a training something at UC Santa Cruz. I like to listen to your show. I've been listening since you were on KZSC. Would you record the voice uh, on my training video? So I recorded a voice on cash handling for UC Santa Cruz. So if oh. anybody works at UC Santa Cruz and is, and is in a position where they're going to be handling some cash, uh, they're going to be a cashier, for example. Um, they're going to be a cash counter. What are they going to hear? They're, Can you remember any of your lines? Um, the C the CMC system is RQT and L M N O P up down left and right. <laughs> Jesse, you just, that's the code for ninety nine lives. Oh, sorry, <laughs> it was really intense. But now I just feel so proud. That I've contributed now to my alma mater. Yeah, because you know they're not going to make another one of those for like 30 years. Makes me feel a lot better about not being a member of the Alumni Association. <laughs> Although the Alumni Association seems to have finally figured out where I live mm. and uh, are really starting to harass me again. Were, were you guys in the theater department there? <clears throat> uh, I was a little bit, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I was in a play once that uh, Jordan wrote. Ooh, so. what was it about? Oh, jeez. What was that thing about? Oh, that was about guys who try and start their own religion. I auditioned for it because Jordan told me that I was in my last semester and uh, uh, I didn't I needed a few. I needed extra credits because I um, I got uh, veterans benefits because my dad's a vet and I needed to be a full time student, but I didn't need extra credits to graduate. Mm. So I just needed some credits I could get. And Jordan told me if I auditioned for his play, they, they, they could cast me in his play in the part of radio announcer. And I would have this radio announcer scene um, where, you know, I was just a parody of a morning radio DJ. Very funny scene that Jordan wrote. And uh, so I was like, oh, that sounds like the hot setup. 
and then I auditioned, and like any situation where there are uh, uh, where there's a sort of uh, we'll call it a B quality theater department, mm-hmm. uh, I think there was a shortage of guys auditioning for part. There was too many guy parts relative to the number of guys. Well, there were who a lot of guys uh, auditioning, but most of them just wanted to be in movement pieces. Right. <laughs> they kind of put that on their audition right. form: movement piece only. They stretched a lot before they did their radio announcer yeah. parody. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I ended up I ended up in the main part, in it, and I've I've felt <laughs> bad ever since because I feel like I ruined Jordan's play. Um. I'm, well, yeah. I no, you, you did great. Far superior than a lot of those. What about were you? Did you do theater stuff there? I did. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have a, a film department when I was there, so I did. It, I was in the theater department, but I did kind of half film, half theater. Did you? Were you interested in comedy then? Was that? Oh, I was for sure, but there wasn't any there. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't try out for Um G Um, the short form improv group. No, um, I didn't G, like um. one of the guys. It was. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and I, I probably felt superior to them, and I was probably snotty. You probably were superior. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to put down MGM. No, you probably were superior to them. But uh, no, I never did. Yeah, it was like it, that's the thing too. Is I I, I knew because uh, I got in, accepted in there as a geology major, and then I kind of I knew that I wanted <clears throat> to act, but I didn't think I was going to study study it. <clears throat> and um, but by the time I got there, I I just said, okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to act, and I hadn't been around theater to people for a long time, and that's that's theater people, as you know, are a hardcore lot. And I'll tell you what I was surprised by when, because I had never, I took uh, I took one acting class at, at UC Santa Cruz. Again, it was one of those things where I needed some credits, but I went to theater high school, right? So I did I did four years of theater when I was in high school. Um, but when I got to UC Santa Cruz, it wasn't until I I, I hit that acting class that I realized, like, oh. This is what people talk about when they mm-hmm. talk about theater people. Yeah. Like, it was just all these people, and it, there were certainly exceptions, but uh, generally speaking, it were these people with this immense self-regard for their talent. Mm-hmm. Like, just they thought they were spectacular, and they were terrible. Yeah. They were just <laughs> awful. Yeah. And I just felt so bad, because I had gone to this, you know, this theater high school where I always felt like, well, I'm a, I'm a freaking hack. Like, I only right. got in because... You know, it's hard to get a 13-year-old boy to audition for theater high school. You know what I mean? So they take what they can get. But like among the, you know, among the women, there are lots of people who are sincerely talented and are, you know, professional actors today. But I, when I got to Santa Cruz and I saw these people, I'm like, oh, this is like in a high school movie when they show the theater dorks. I had never understood that stereotype until I met the people in the theater department at UC Santa Cruz. I was like, oh. It's these people. This is why nobody <laughs> likes you, people. What was your What was your crowning theater achievement there? Did you have one? Something you were especially proud of? Um, no, would... there's nothing that I was proud of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, there's nothing I was proud of. Okay. Um, Anything that's especially ridiculous? I just remember what you said makes me think of like you get theater people and then you throw the hippie element in and it's, oh, a, yeah. it's its own kind of intolerable when you're like, oh, you people are just awful. Like, okay, guys, we're going to do Antigone, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I'd really, I want to incorporate some circus skills yeah, into yeah, this. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so many circus skills at Santa Cruz, just so many circus skills. I took yeah. an intense, uh, like, you know, four day a week. 18 hour a week uh, course in clowning my senior year. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Did you learn some good turns? 
uh, yeah, I learned some turns, some Lotzi. Uh, oh, okay. I did a little Balinese mask work, too. Oh, oh excellent. So it's really helped me in the kind of sketch improv world out right. here in LA. Absolutely. It's been very well, invaluable. When you're in an improv scene and you can bring out a classic Lotso. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, especially Just for the obscure if, reference. Especially if, you have the, <laughs> especially if you have the masks. You know, like if you're sure. in a scene, somebody says, somebody initiates they're driving a car you're in the passenger seat if you can reach into your back pocket grab that il dottore mask (laughs) put it on and you can remember where your physicality should be you know broad upper oh and i just uh i just actually sold a pilot called the emboldened servant (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be on yeah you know we're thinking we're thinking spike for that it's gonna be on the keith johnstone channel (laughs) Wow, we'll be back Um, with more outrageously narrow audience (laughs) in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And Seth Morris. Oh, we uh, we encourage people to come up with a nickname. You should come oh, up with uh, your own nickname. Uh, uh, oh man! Did you have one growing up? Did you have a? I desperately wanted one, but yeah. I never had one. I've been. I have a lot of things. I've been called Seth Mo, Zeb, Tall, Up, sure. Up, Tall Glass of Faggot. <laughs> I like Tall Glass of Faggot. Yeah, let's okay. We'll call that sure. Tall Glass of Faggot. Uh, dear Jordan and Jesse. You, Jordan, you you remember that we're 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 in the middle of a holiday contest, right? I do. Yes. There's a hundred dollars on the table mm-hmm. here. Well, Jordan, there was a hundred dollars on the table. <laughs> wow. Now there's eighty five dollars on the table because somebody just made the first fifteen dollars. Let's oh. hear about it. Here's some homemade apple butter. Eat it on toast or with sausage or mixed with cottage cheese. You should feel honored. This is the farthest a jar of our apple butter has ever traveled. Also, through 23 years, we have had no cases of botulism, uh, but I make no guarantees. (laughs) Enjoy Mike. Tree of Mike on the Maximum Fun Forum. Mm -hmm. Every year at holiday time, and you can see pictures of all of this. He posted pictures of all of this on the forum. Every year at holiday time... Him and his family get together to make apple butter. And when I say his family, I'm talking about an extended family. His aunts and uncles and cousins and grandmas and grandpas all get together in the woods somewhere in Vermont or when something like that. When somebody gets married, they're like, oh, you got to come make apple butter with the family. Exactly. So they, they all get together in, in the woods. They, they build a bonfire. They chop wood. Is this real? Four o'clock. In, I've seen... <laughs> I've seen photographs of this, Seth. They get together at 4 o'clock in the morning. They, uh, they chop wood. You guys can see the pictures here. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm showing you guys yep. the pictures. Uh, they they hard, chop wood. Hard evidence. They put a cauldron there. They start the fire. Here's, here's a picture we're looking at here of Mike on the forum. You guys can all look there. They, uh, they do a chant in Aramaic. They, <laughs> they, they boil some cider down, and then they start adding bushels of apples, total of two apple bushels. Okay, they stir it with a giant wooden paddle, which is pretty spectacular. This is a real cauldron, too. I wow. want to make it clear. Somebody has to keep this. Somebody has to hang on to this during the non-apple right. butter making 
portions it's of not the, just like a that's not a that's not just like a tub that they got from the container store that they're saying like yeah throw it in the cauldron that's no a this is a legit. real cauldron let's just if a witch came along she would recognize this is a great place to make potions mm-hmm. um and pr- possibly the best part of the whole thing is that mike's uncle uh, made apple butter themed T-shirts for everyone to wear <laughs> on Apple Butter Day. That's um, awesome. They say Apple Butter 2008. Stir the pot! <laughs> Exclamation wow. mark. I love how stir the pot. It really is just a command for the thing that you're doing. It's not yeah. any kind of like, no. It's ironic not a take, twist like, on it like at you're all. the apple of my eye or yeah. <laughs> butter behave or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Something you do while you're making. The what thing. I was wondering. Make sure to pick the apples. <laughs> like uh, okay. What I cute. was kind of wondering about it is it just it has this picture of a cauldron on it, and I wonder if he went to the t-shirt store at the mall and he's like, okay, uh, let me take a look at your uh, <laughs> let me take a look at your clip art book, and he's like, not a star, not a heart. Ah, yeah. yes, a cauldron. Yeah. <laughs> Usually it's for witch themed t shirts. Yeah, for Halloween. And also, uh, the other important <clears throat> news is they eat all day long, and he included a picture of this giant spread of food. Uh, he says they eat continuously all day long, and then they, they uh, put it into jars, and then w- with what they can't get out of it, they all get rolls and scrape it out of the bottom of the cauldron with rolls and eat it at the end of the day, which I was probably maybe the best part of the whole thing. Wow. Isn't that spectacular? This is awesome. I'm, I'm jealous that they have such a wholesome family. We're That's super wholesome. We were looking, Seth. For, There's an orgy afterwards. There's got to be something <laughs> yeah. going on, yeah. We were looking for things that, uh, uh, awesome projects in the holiday spirit, Oh, okay. Seth. And I've got $100 on the table uh, to offer to people um, who uh, who complete awesome projects over the course of the next six weeks or so mm-hmm. of the holiday season. The first fifteen dollars, and I'm going to uh, uh, issue this this money to people as I see fit. Sure. Um, fifteen dollars is going to Mike for this spectacular apple butter. Now it could be more because it is a pretty epic project. Right. But because I don't believe that it was initiated specifically for sure. Jordan Jesse Go. Fifteen dollars is kind of my limit for that. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like a couple of people have told me, "Oh, every year I do this." Uh, right. No, we're really looking for you to do something. Go out of your way. Do something because we told you to. Like, what also. would you suggest? What I would think would be cool is if they made it like Jesse Jordan snowmen. Yes, that's, that's great. Spectacular. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's spectacular idea. It's exactly. fun. It strokes our egos. Yeah. Right. If my snowman has a big dick, all the better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sure. Well, most snowmen do have huge. Trances. I want mine to be bigger than the other snowmen, though. So. Oh well, you're gonna have to find a pretty big stick, you know. Because <laughs> no, I want it to be made of snow, packed tightly packed snow. Oh. A, what about just an icicle? Is it gonna yeah. be an <laughs> yes. ice cock? It's a pointy, so an ice cock type ice situation. Cock. I'll, yeah, I'll be ice cock. Okay. Well, I did. I mean, I you know whatever. I, I you can be whatever you want, Jordan. Mm-hmm. You have an ice cock if you want. <laughs> I do. The, Thanks. The, I will. Don't the, be such a dick about it. The point <laughs> is, is that like an ice cock, it should capture the spirit of the holiday. Right. Season. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so if you have a project, I'm still still have eighty five dollars to give away here. The thread is on the forum. It's uh, right at the top. It's pinned at the top. It's called Holiday Projects. You post your holiday projects in there, uh, and then we will. Uh, I'll decide whether they're worth money, and I'll, I'll announce it to everyone. But you know, 
What's the worst thing that can happen, Seth? The worst thing that can happen is you got into the holiday spirit. Sure. You have you, know a, you discovered mean? a new craft. Absolutely. Think of the shit you could make out of macaroni. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just just solely with the medium of macaroni. Think the of the stuff you could make. Limitless. Well, I mean, you're just talking about one noodle. If you wanted to... Yeah, I mean, what if you use more than one? Bowtie pasta. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Farfalle. <laughs> Fusilli. <laughs> what about a, a radiatore? What if you made a real radiator out of radiatore? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that would no, work. Because yeah. the water would pumping through it would probably cook the yeah. pasta. I'd be worried about the carb emissions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> it's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Seth is fucking sending a text message right now. That's what he thinks about our. Well, uh, can I explain? My roommate let me know that the internet is out, and I don't want to get yelled at, so I'm trying no, no, that's, to rectify that. You don't want to get yelled at for what? Because For not texting back fast enough during the program? That I thought you were doing a commercial. I'm sorry. Well, we are going to do a commercial, if you don't mind. Sorry to interrupt your text message, Mr. Morris. Hold on. Oodie I wasn't text messaging. <laughs> yeah, nah, we Wait. shouldn't do that bit. No, we, no, we shouldn't name. do that bit. Um, uh, sponsors this week on Jordan Jesse Go. Of course, slidetoplay.com. You're not texting on an Apple's iPhone. But many, no. of our, many of our listeners have Apple's iPhones, which, by the way, just recently added uh, podcast support. So they, they work. Uh, you can actually download podcasts on the uh, uh, iPhone as of the brand new firmware, which came out this week. And I encourage people to do that. Um, but if you, they want to play a game on their Apple's sure. iPhone, they type in slide to play. Slide2Play.com is a website that will tell them what game to buy. They spend their $3 in the Apple App Store, and then they got a sweet game on their Apple iPhone. They can listen to it, for example. I'm just going to give some examples. All right. Waiting in line at the bank. Sure. It's a great place to play an iPhone game. Riding the subway. Oh, if, yeah. If you're, if you're going to pick someone up and you're early and you're embarrassed and you, wanna, you're, you just want to sit in your car for a while. Yeah. How about this one? Going for a run, but you're remarkably coordinated. Sure. Killing time before the results of an AIDS test. (laughs) Absolutely. Any time when you want a fun, cool game (laughs) to take your mind off the mistakes you've made, (laughs) slidetoplay.com is the place to go. Slidetoplay.com. Yeah. You get reviews. You get the whole nine yards. Everything you need. Reviews, news, what's upcoming, the whole situation. The Schlemiel. The forum. The package. Well. Yeah, what, got a forum on what's there. What's the slide part referred to? The slide to play is on an Apple iPhone. You you do a slide on the screen. It's sort of like pressing the start button. It's gotcha. the equivalent okay. of pressing the start. You put your thumbs on the screen or something. I don't I don't have an Apple's iPhone. I have a Moto Razor. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I don't got I don't got much of anything. Jordan, a couple weeks ago, we offered a hundred the special hundred dollar plan. Mm-hmm. You pay a hundred bucks, you get an announcement on Jordan Jesse Go. We have we have our first. Wow. There's a couple in the pipeline. Okay. But we have our first, which is for Elizabeth Coffee. Now, Jordan. Elizabeth Coffee is a longtime listener of Jordan Jesse Go. You might know her on the forums as Ebeth. Mm-hmm. When she's not 
posting on the forums or working in New York's pub- troubled public school system. She is a wedding officiant. She's a professional wedding officiant. This is what she does. Are you married, Seth? I'm not. You're, well, in case you decide ever get, decide to get married, or Jordan, in case you decide ever to get married, what Elizabeth does is she has a she has a series of meetings with the bride and groom, and she her specialty is basically putting together a ceremony that will satisfy what the bride and groom are looking for. Uh, be it you know uh, non-religious, alternative mm. religious, uh, whatever it is, cling on. Essentially, like I think a lot of times people want to have don't want, maybe don't want to don't have a pastor in mind that they like to conduct their wedding or don't have a religious person in mind who they like to conduct their wedding, but they're having a real wedding and they think maybe I should just invite my buddy to do it, but uh, you know your buddy might kind of mess it up right. um, or be kind of lame. And uh, so that's where she sort of steps in. She's the person who makes sure that it's a special thing for everybody. And she consults with everybody. She actually, we actually talked to her. You know, she lives in New York. So, um, uh, and, and Teresa's grandfather conducted our ceremony. Um, but we talked to her before we did and talked about sort of like the relative considerations, what, what we should think about including and what we wanted to write and what were the things that go into a ceremony. So anyway... It's a pretty neat She's kind of like a offer. producer, like a Phil Spector or a Rick Rubin of weddings. Like, <laughs> exactly. Try a little of this. Exactly. She's sort of. She's more like. A, she's like a Dick Clark of weddings. She oh, puts okay. the. She puts the pieces together, and then at the end of the day, she she'll she'll uh, she'll get the show on the road and make thing make sure things are moving along smoothly. And she had a really bad stroke. <laughs> yeah, and she also had a. Really and when you go over to her house, she'll drunkenly wave a gun at you. <laughs> and also, uh, uh, also Ryan Seacrest keeps hoping that she'll die. <laughs> um, anyway, so she's on the internet. It's Elizabeth Coffee. Uh, Elizabeth is spelled with an S. E L I S A B E T H. Coffee is C O F F E Y dot com. Elizabeth Coffee. Um, and of course, we'll we'll put a link up on the on the forum as well if you're interested in that. But if anybody's you know if anybody's getting married sure. and they they either want someone to conduct the ceremony or even if they want something simpler like uh, what she did with me and Teresa, which is just sort of consult with us and you know make sure we know what the deal is and help us put together a plan, uh, then Elizabeth is the way to go. So elizabethcoffee.com. That's the hundred dollar promise. You you give us a hundred bucks. Well spent, money well spent. I think we did a great job with that. We did a fantastic job. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Seth Morris, tall glass of faggot. Um, just hold on, okay. just real quick. Time before out before we hold get into up. the next topic. Hold we had a next up. topic planned. I just want to finish some Slow business. Slow down. Uh-oh. We gotta wrap something up here. Whoa. Just want to finish some business from a couple episodes ago. Okay. Mike Schmidt, yes, our guest on the podcast two episodes ago, yes, brought up the forthcoming video game Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. Right. I had not played it at that point. Okay. I have played it now, and I just want to put some concerns to bed. Okay. People are wondering why the characters from Mortal Kombat would fight the characters from the DC Universe. I just want to let you know definitively, it's a portal. Oh. It was facilitated by a portal. I gotcha. A Sorry. Portal, is it a portal travel between the Mortal Kombat universe? Realm they and the DC in, realm, yes. They live in different, all sort of alternative yeah. universes. Is that what's going yes. on? Why does one live in a universe and one lives in a realm? Mm, uh, it's a metric system. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's Quick question. Um, if you're Aquaman, can fish help you? Uh, Aquaman is not in this game. 
I thought you said it was the DC Universe. Aquaman is not is not a playable character. Mm. I'm sorry. I know I'm talking about Aquaman. The, he's the Lord of the Deep. He's the president of Atlantis. The ocean realm is a that's a right. different portal. Oh, the sh- that's a third portal. The, yeah, there was the, a second. The portal. victims of some gerrymandering that went on before. <laughs> right. <laughs> this game was. A lot of uh, a lot of independent voters in the sea in the Neptune's be, kingdom. I, I got to be honest with yes. you, Jordan. I didn't want to make this a big. I just wanted to I clear that up. I didn't want to make this a big deal. I don't know why you wrote this video game that doesn't even have Aquaman yeah. in it. It seems it seems stupid to me. It seems like a, a a real swing and a miss that you created this game. I didn't create the game. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, with the portals. Yeah. I'm just no. I'm I'm I describing what's the game. going on here, Jordan. What's going on here? You is, clearly don't. You have no idea what's going on. Number one, you have some kind of problem with fish, and it's one thing to not want to eat fish. That's called being a humanitarian. It's a different thing if you're going to fuck around and say fish can't be quote unquote direct quote Seth can't be in video games. Oh, oh, I didn't hear that one. Yeah, well, I said it under my attention. breath at probably, a different frequency. You were probably texting that humans I can't hear. Was. This is this is the kind of kind of I don't racy racist <laughs> racy sure uh, race car bullshit. Wait a minute. So fish can't be in video games. That means we're never going to see a Little Mermaid video game. Not if Jordan no. has anything to say about it. We're never going to see a. Uh, we'll never see Echo the Dolphin. Yeah. That's not going to be invented. Jabberwocky. Jordan, what Jordan is doing. Jabberjaw. Jabberjaw. What Jordan is doing essentially is opening a portal. Right. So that he can alter the space-time fabric. Right. And create a world without Aquaman or fish and other denizens of the deep. I just don't think uh, they taste good. It's fine. Wow. It's it's whatever. And That's try what yeah. try assigning special moves to a fish. It's what are whatever. they going to do? Anyway, flap. Yeah. Sorry. Come over. I don't know what we were going to talk about. Sorry. You know, Jordan. In important matters, non bullshit matters. Let me yeah. put it that way. Non fucked up bullshit matters. Wow. Um, I went to Las Vegas this week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Jordan, I, I think it would be. You Can you know, wait? I started. I, I guess I'm, I'm. I don't even know why you went to Las Vegas. I w- the, uh, there's. A, you don't seem like the kind of guy who would go to Las Vegas. I was going to say. I mean, I think that Jordan, you've known me for for quite some time. Mm-hmm. We've been friends for several years. For for a number of years, I think you've got a pretty good handle on what kind of guy I am. Sure. How would you imagine me operating in the Las Vegas milieu? Um, sleepily and angrily. Yeah, sort of sleepily <laughs> and angrily. I went to Las Vegas to, for the comedy festival. It's called the comedy festival, mm-hmm. um, as though there aren't others. And uh, it's this festival put on by uh, originally put on by HBO, now put on by TBS. It's a very funny festival. They <laughs> remind you. Oh, um, it's basically so the festival has a lot of like reruns. Yeah, of, everybody. They just they just get to people get together at Caesar's Palace and watch an old Everybody Loves Raymond. Also, the only place you can see Kenny Rogers six pack. Right. <laughs> there's also five. There's also five thousand episodes of The House of Pain. Yeah, and then, and then a Braves game. Did and then you, you just know, watch a Braves game. Did you know they made? Uh, they made. Uh, you know, in television, you need a certain number of episodes for the TNT that shows the Braves game. Uh, that might be. I might be wrong about that. 
TBS used to show the Braves game, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they Turner, still do. Right? Yeah. 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 TNT is also okay. Braves. He's also oh, Turner. Man, oh, man, but I think it's TBS that used to show the Braves game, but I don't know if they still mm, do. I think it's TNT. I think I got that wrong. Sorry. Okay. So anyway, uh, do you have just a quick side note about Tyler Perry's House of Pain. Um, <laughs> I hope it's not too quick. There's You're an insider. <laughs> yeah. You're an insider. You know this kind of stuff. In order to syndicate a television program, you have to have 100 episodes. Um, that's the sort of general. Now, right. that's changed a little bit because a cable channel will show a sh- relatively short-lived show in reruns. But like generally speaking, for uh, if you want to run your show at 6 o'clock on the UPN station, um, then you need to make 100 episodes of it to sell it into syndication. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tyler Perry looked at this situation. He thought about how he could... Now, that's what? That's a solid five years or so right. of network you know, uh, sitcom production, uh, typically, because you're making about 20 episodes a year, 22 usually. Right. Um, so Tyler Perry looked at the situation. He thought about, what can I do to... And the big payoff comes from the syndication also. It's it's not from the uh, producing it for the network. The big payoff comes when you sell your show into syndication. That's when you're making Malcolm in the Middle money. Exactly. And And Tyler is a smart man. He's a smart businessman, as he's proved to all of us. Uh, he's had hit theater productions across the country. Um, and he knows how to he knows how to make a dollar. Mm-hmm. He sees where the pot of money is. He made a hundred episodes of that show in a year. <laughs> One year, he made two half-hour sitcoms a week. Wow. You would think that the quality would dip, but let me tell you, it does not. It's spectacular. No. No, is, no, no. The first is as good as the last. <laughs> <laughs> episode one is as good as episode seventy-eight. <laughs> a nice, a nice solid stream of uh, of consistent quality mm-hmm. uh, coming from Tyler Perry's. That's amazing. I I actually I actually t- took a look at that show uh, in a hotel room the other day. Um, I paid it to come up to my hotel room. Yeah, sure. And undress. Um, I can safely say that I have never seen actors on television who look more uncomfortable. Here's mm. the thing. They look I, like they're in a high school play. There they was totally this, I like read a big article about this uncomfortable. show because his writers were protesting because he's also a union buster, apparently. Mm. Oh. And they tried to unionize and he like fired a bunch of people or something. And also, it's absurd to expect them to write two scripts a week. Uh, for an entire year, when you know normally they would produce twenty in a, in in a year, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so there was this big article about it. Apparently, frequently the actors have not yet. The first time they see their lines is when they go on stage in wow. the on the sitcom set to record them. <laughs> the, that is the first time they see their lines. Man. They just put them up on cue cards. They put them, write them in different places. They look at them real quick before they go on stage. Can you imagine? So did you and Teresa go to the uh, sex club in Vegas? No, we didn't go to the sex club. That we, one sex club I in did, Vegas? Yeah. I gambled in Las Vegas. I don't know the rules of gambling. That was that was an impediment that I didn't expect to be a problem. Right. I understood gambling to be that you put a quarter in the thing and then pull the thing, right. and then you're gambling. Now, it turns out that you get credits and points, and there's lines. Even in the simplest form right. of gambling, which is the slot machine, I, I, had, I had dismissed. I'm not going to learn how to play craps. Right. I mean, I know the rules of playing blackjack, but I'm not going to learn how, like, how to like, be even competent in blackjack right. in the time of one trip to Las Vegas. So I thought, I'll focus on slot machines, mm-hmm. right? So I looked at Kind of busting ch- that system, busting che- that wide open. I checked out the different 
slot machines. There's a lot of choices there. Uh, Star Trek slot machine. A lot of TV show themed ones. Yep. Yeah, I uh, Dream of Genie. Wheel of Fortune. Shake That Booty was one of the choices. Shake That Booty, the slot machine. Anyway. Aliens versus Predator. Ultimately, you're looking That's for right. a slot machine that sort of fits. It's, it's like picking a, a T-shirt. You know, you want something that expresses your identity. So you picked Alien versus Predator. Uh, I, well, I picked uh, Antique Appraisal. Okay. <laughs> Antique Appraisal, the slot machine. What does it say when you win? Uh, it, I say. I, that's what's remarkable about <laughs> it. That's what's remarkable. I took five American dollars and I put them into the slot machine, into the place where the quarters should go. Uh-huh. Um, I put in five dollars and uh, I chose different. There's different lines you choose. You one line, six lines, nine lines. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. And then you, and then a number of credits you want to bet on each one. Yeah. Five minutes. I didn't win. I didn't win any. T- I didn't even win once. I didn't even get one like two matching somethings. Well, they they don't even. You don't even. If you win, you don't even get actual quarters. No, get, it like, doesn't even come out. You get ticket. like a chick. Yeah. yeah. And Teresa, uh, Teresa played Enchanted Unicorn, and um, she did match two. Because she's gay. She she matched. Well, why do you think I was playing uh, Antique Appraisal? Because mm, you guys are a couple of beards for each other. <laughs> um, a couple of gay men. So she she played the and she at one point she matched two handsome young men. I believe they were princes. Oh. And when she matched the princes, she won some quarters. Only it showed up in the little number in the screen, not in a quarters in the thing, which is the... I thought that's the whole point of a slot machine. Yeah. I thought that's what's fun about a slot machine is when the quarters pour yeah. into the thing. I'm like you. I don't I don't gamble, and I'll go, uh, if I'm ever at a place like that, I'll go, okay, I'll play the slots. And it's not simple. It's not three lemons in a row. It's no! Right. The way more complicated than it should be. It's obscenely complicated. Uh, another thing I learned about Las Vegas, we stayed at the Golden Nugget in downtown Las Vegas. Um, the Golden Nugget is, of course, famous. It is, it, it is named after a gold nugget. Sure. Uh, that's in the lobby of the hotel. It's, a, it's the largest gold nugget on public display in the world. It's like, uh, it's like the size of Nutsy the Squirrel. This is a big, m- notably large uh, gold nugget. So Teresa and I, first of all, it was really hard to find this nugget. It's it's sort of tucked away. Given that it's an enormous, yeah. it's the name of the hotel. You'd think that it would be pro- more prominently displayed. You wanted the nugget to check you into your room. Exactly. <laughs> Bring up your bags. I expected animatronic nuggets to yeah. greet me around every corner, but uh, the nugget was not even a real nugget. Apparently, the real nugget is on tour. So what's on display is a replica of the nugget. Oh. I felt like I really got ripped off with that bullshit. Yeah, sure. Where's it on? It's on tour to, to other sad gambling places. <laughs> exactly. Around the world. Exactly. It's it just goes from sad gambling place yeah. to sad gambling we'll place. We'll be in dirty Monte Carlo. You know, making <laughs> making its making its money one casino at a time. Sort of like a, a Norm McDonald type figure. <laughs> mm-hmm. John Lovitz, maybe. Um, Seth, I remember you and I were both in Vegas at the same time, kind of semi-recently. We were both there on the company dime. Yes. A funnier die took a trip to Vegas and and fuel sent it. And I remember that the fuel trip to Vegas was fairly lean. We were were downtown at a place called The Four Queens, which was a a real, you know, uh, lovely... Uh, so I got a wow. lovely ten dollars steak sent to the room. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a twenty five dollar night type spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was you know infinitely 
farther away than it needed to be from everywhere we were shooting. And I, I remember kind of seeing the Funny or Die group, and it seemed like maybe a little bit more of a decadent trip to Vegas than, than I was getting. Is that? Yeah. Well, uh, we were there for the porn convention. Yes. Let's let's put that out there first. Sure. Um, yeah, they, they they put us up in at Caesars, I think. Yeah. And it's amazing the difference between the hotels in in, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I stayed one time. I've taken my mom to Vegas twice. The first time we went to, uh, I don't know, let's say it's Caesars, and it was nice. Second time we went to the Excalibur. Oh, that place that's a mistake. is like a giant KOA campground. That's like <laughs> it's disgusting. There's like. Slurpy cups on the ground, like garbage mm-hmm. everywhere. It's, What's the deal with this? This is it's a castle on the outside. Oh, so you would... what? What is this story with people walking in the hallways in Las Vegas? The hallways between gambling areas, smoking cigarettes and just flicking their cigarette ash just on yeah. the carpet. Yeah, just right there on the carpet. They don't give a fuck. They do not give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about anything. Downtown Las Vegas is literally like. I, you you stay there, Jordan. Do they have Fremont Street experience when you were there? Uh, that doesn't ring a bell. But okay, so it sounds like something that was Fremont Street is sort of the main drag in downtown Las Vegas. It's the street that you see a lot of times in like a in like an old Vegas movie. Uh, where there's that like entering Las Vegas scene with like the neon cowboy oh, tipping okay, his hat okay. and all that kind of stuff, right? There's the famous Las Vegas, you know, Binion's big uh, neon is there. It's kind of cool. It's really neat, except for the fact that they've taken this street that's walled in neon with these amazing like uh, you know 50s and 60s neon signs, and they've put a roof on it. Oh, it has really? a roof on it, <laughs> and the roof. Is a video screen, a kind of a shitty video screen right. that plays. Well, I saw it play two things. I number one, it plays a talk show hosted <laughs> by a man standing on the ground in the thing, interviewing passersby. Great, which is as fantastic as you imagine it would be. Right. Uh, one person said he was from Hell's Kitchen in New York City, and he said, "Why do they call it Hell's Kitchen?" The kitchen is where you cook food. That's a good place. Wow. Um, oh, that makes my balls hurt. Uh, so, and then he suggested something else that they should call it, like Hell's Bathroom or something like that. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the first thing they show on this on the ceiling, on this on, in the sky. And are there cars that drive down the street? No, they've, they've sealed it off. Oh, so okay. it's a pedestrian walkway. So you can walk, you can feel comfortable walking up and down the street, uh, buying a skincare system from someone in a kiosk. Right. Um, and the other thing they show is a musical commercial for the cell phone company LG. Um, and what's amazing about this musical commercial for the cell phone company LG is it comes on. This is the big show. It comes on. And people stop Ugh. and videotape it. Ugh. I swear to God, people, the street is choked with tourists standing Ugh. in the middle of this pedestrian, uh, you know, shopping area, videotaping the ceiling, which has <laughs> video screens on it, playing. Um, basically, it's sort of like it's an animated. Have you seen those animated television commercials for uh, car insurance? They look sort of like a shitty anime. Oh. They come on like late yeah. night. It's mm-hmm. like insurance.com yeah, or something like that. Yeah, a lot of Central a lot. 
that is the quality of the animation in this piece. Ooh. It is basically just it is like a flash animation from uh from like an internet video site in 1999. Like it is just well maybe maybe people don't know that it's a video. Maybe they think that's the sky in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. and that's why it's a videotape. And they're like, this it truly is oh remarkable. I've never seen the sky be different. And it, what's amazing about it is not only is it super shitty, but it totally ruins the effect of having the Old like time, shoot right. of yeah, Vegas because you can't see the sky. So there's like nothing that it's contrasting against. It's not like a remarkable. It's not like a a Boulevard of Dreams sort of situation. It's basically just uh, like a like a hallway in a mall. Ugh. Oh God, it's just so. So you had a great time in Vegas, is what you're saying. Vegas is <laughs> such a nightmare. But what's amazing, what what's truly amazing to me about Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and um, I should say that you know I did I taped an interview with the uh, kids in the hall at uh, KNPR in Las Vegas, and the people at wow. KNPR couldn't have been nicer or more welcoming to me. And um, is that for the Sound of Young America, or that, is that just for them? That was for the Sound of Young America, so it'll it'll be on in a couple of weeks, but. Um, but what's truly amazing about Las Vegas to me is that you think – like this is what I was thinking. I was like, well, we'll stay downtown. We have to go to Caesars for the shows and the comedy festival. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that far of a drive. Um, we'll stay downtown because it's cheaper to get a decent room downtown. And uh, you know, and then we'll figure out some Vegas stuff to do in between. You know, We don't have to just walk up and down the, the strip or whatever. You can go to that uh, gun range where you get to fire an Uzi at the picture of Osama bin Laden. Sometimes, you know, you know. Sometimes I, I like to use the Ask Meta filter. Uh, it's sure. a website where you ask a question, people answer mm-hmm. it. Um, it, it, it they uh, full disclosure, a sponsor of the Sound of Young America, but I like to use it before that. And um, uh, so I look on. I like to look on Ask Meta filter. Like, what's the neat thing to do in a place? Like, mm-hmm. anytime I'm wondering about something, there's usually somebody who's asked that question on Ask Meta filter. The people are sharp. So I, I searched for Las Vegas. I found this question came up in the search results. Are there any like cool neighborhoods in Las Vegas where you can hang out and like at a coffee shop or go to a bookstore? Blah 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 blah. And the answer was no. <laughs> that was the answer. Mm-hmm. Like lit from Las from Las Vegas residents, not from people visiting Las Vegas, from people who live in Las Vegas. <laughs> they'd the one of the answers was uh there was this there was this <laughs> area kind of like that, but it's sort of shut down now. And then there were the other these were the two most There were a lot answers. of stabbings. And then there were a the, lot of stabbings. The other answer was I think there's a used bookstore at Blah blah wow. blah. I th- this is a city of a million people. Right. I think there's a used bookstore at. It's probably just used porno magazines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really like I like Las Vegas somehow. It somehow topped my expectations for outrageous awfulness. <laughs> And I've never been to Atlantic City. That's supposed to be a hundred times worse. It's supposed to be like a super sadder version right. of Las Vegas, right. right? I mean, some of the even the, even the like ridiculous Las Vegas stuff. I was like, it wasn't that neat. I thought it should could have been a lot neater. Yeah, like I thought it would be kind of neat to see a fake uh, Eiffel Tower. I'm not going to pay twenty dollars to go up in the fake Eiffel Tower. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. You're supposed to be tricking me into gambling. Right. I'm supposed to win because I don't like gambling. Right. Jesse, I think really the, the what you're leaving out of the equation is that uh, all this stuff is better when you're drunk. Yeah. They're just assuming you're drunk all the time in Las Vegas. So. I know. That's yeah, the you kind of got to get into it, I've noticed. You kinda just got to go for it. You know what yeah. was really amazing, though, that was going on at my hotel? 
you know, I, when you're in Las Vegas, you, you meet the real America, and the real America is corpulently obese, <laughs> uh, just grotesquely fat. And especially if you're downtown where there's, a, where there's an older crowd than on the Strip. I mean, it's old people everywhere, but, uh, you know, downtown is more for, for an old person. And uh, so it's full of fat people at my hotel. But then it was also full of muscle men. Because there was a muscle competition oh, going actual on. Muscle men. So mm. it was muscle. It was the craziest thing because the only two kinds of people <laughs> at this hotel were very fat people and women with shoulders broader than mine. Wow. That was the two like that was the two categories that the people you could do, you could have just sorted people. You could have had right. two sets of bathrooms and just directed people like in uh, Wario where smooth moves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, Seth, I think I think something important to know about Jesse um, is that uh, absurdly square. Yeah, I was going to say that it seems like you know, fellas, kind of in our situation, we're you know we're we're college educated, we're you know we're reasonably intelligent. It's kind of something that uh, a skill you have to have, and especially living in L.A., but also as an important skill for trips to Vegas and things like that is maybe kind of learning to learning to put your kind of principles on the back burner for a few minutes and just have fun with something with how ridiculous something is right. uh, not a skill that Jesse has Doesn't and definitely know. definitely something that that booze helps yeah <laughs> that's an advantage but you, but yeah you not no, drink no i don't drink i'm married you know and i was there with my wife so we weren't you know i wasn't going to the strip clubs or anything um, it was really like, but I'll tell you when one one really uh, one silver silver lining to this mm-hmm. whole thing, Jordan, and you know also the professionally the trip was a complete failure. <laughs> um, that interview with the kids in the hall got unexpectedly cut short by mm-hmm. their publicist. So if anybody listens to it and is a Jordan Jesse Go fan, they notice like, gosh, it seems like they talked a lot about the beginning of their career, but then one question <laughs> about everything since their TV show went on the air. Um, then that's because it got unexpectedly cut short. But uh, the silver lining to it is I have never appreciated Los Angeles so much (laughs) as I did when I was in Las Vegas because Las Vegas is all of the horrible things about Los Angeles times 10 with none of the good things. Right. I mean, you could say, I mean, if you're interested in gambling, then that might be a good thing. Uh, it did. Ha- it does have an outlet mall right in the heart of town, so I appreciated that. The only thing that I wish Los Angeles had that Las Vegas had that I really loved was the Liberace Museum. Have either of you guys? I been- have been. Yeah. Isn't it fantastic? It's pretty great. Yeah. I, f- the, I was. We went through the Liberace Museum, uh, and Liberace, of course, the uh, the outrageously gay but closeted um, uh, Las Vegas pianist who played uh, piano standards with absurd orchestral accompaniments, but mm-hmm. was primarily known for wearing absolutely ridiculous outfits with matching Rolls Royces, yes. which he would drive onto the stage. <laughs> um, and, just, and they have them at the museum. They're wow. spectacular. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, so it's a really amazing thing. I highly recommend going if you go to Las Vegas. It's totally worth It's c- kind of costs an annoyingly large amount of money to get in. Uh, like I think we pay the student rate uh, because I'm a student in Los Angeles City College. Sure. And it costs $10 uh, for students. But I think maybe it's $15 for normal people. But it's totally worth it. It's the greatest thing ever. And uh, I, I had, uh, kind of a, a similar. I, I paid a little too much money to go into uh, Madame Tussauds Wax Museum last uh-huh. time I was there. And I'm like, nah, this is okay. But at the end, they have a um, 
they have a, a a wax life-size George W. Bush, and um, people take pictures with it. And I looked over, and there was a kid in the, a Slipknot t-shirt, and his friend was taking a picture of him punching George Bush in the <laughs> cock. And I'm like, nah, that was just totally worth my 25 bucks. <laughs> when we finished our tour, when we finished going through the uh, Liberace Museum, we're in the uh, we're in the gift shop at the end of the at the end of the road there. Um, we're buying a, a cardboard stand-up of uh, Liberace wearing red, white, and blue sequined hot pants with a red, white, and blue cape in honor of the Bicentennial. Did and, you actually buy that? Yeah, well, we bought it for uh, Lonely Sandwich. Uh, Adam from uh, You Look Nice Today because he took care of Coco. Mm-hmm. So he thought he deserved a nice gift. Now Um, he's going to feel like a dick if you come over and that Liberace stand-up isn't fucking smack dab in the middle of his living room. You should put it on top of his television or put it on his his, uh, coffee table, somewhere really prominent. I thought this was life-size. No, it's not life-size. We're looking at at about 18 to 24 inches. I'm going to say, that's one of those dick gifts like a goldfish where it's like, oh, fuck, now i got to display this. So we're we're in the gift shop purchasing this upright of Liberace. And this very kind, very gay man comes up to us. Um, uh, he's maybe, I'd say he's maybe 40 years old, comes up to us and says, hello. Um, and he says he's so happy to see us there because uh, they don't get much of the younger crowd. Mm. And he's so, everyone at the Liberace Museum is so sincere about Liberace. Yeah. They love Liberace. They love yeah. him so much. And they're so nice. Yeah. And so this kind, kind gay man, and he just radiated kindness from every pore. He said, "You know, we don't, we don't get a lot of the, the, uh, we don't get a lot of the young crowd. Like, how did you guys hear about the place?" And and we we told him, you know, we, well, we, you know, we're not, we don't really gamble, so we we were trying to figure out like what's the thing to do in Las Vegas if you're not gambling, and it seemed like fun. And he says, "Well." Well, be sure to uh, post it on your MySpace or on your Facebook and tell your friends about it, uh, because we really have a few too many of the oldsters. <laughs> and he was so nice. So uh, that is why I'm taking this opportunity to our our key demo, uh, our our 18 to 34 key demo. Uh, if you go to Las Vegas, for God's sake, go to the Liberace Museum and say hello to the the kind Asian woman. And the friendly gay man mm-hmm. uh, who loved Liberace so much. Do you think they love him just because he was the... F- like, the gay guy maybe loved him because he was the first gay that he knew about? No, Because, you know, when I was there, there was a lot of old ladies that yeah. didn't seem... Because my mom and I went, we were giggling the whole time. Like, yeah. Look how gay. Like, yeah. everything is so, so gay. I think they just, like... <laughs> I don't know. That it As a San a Francisco time. native, I can safely say that it was the gayest thing I've ever yeah. seen in my entire life. Like, yeah. it's not just absurd... It is absurd, but it is absurd in a specifically gay way. But but uh, clearly, Liberace, because they have quotes from him about all of this stuff, yeah. not intended as camp. No, 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 no. Not not in the slightest. He did not see any of this stuff as and camp he was, at all. This is the other thing. Is he was kind of a heartthrob to a lot of those who are now old ladies. Yeah. Like, he was this just wild playboy. Yeah, know? like a Bulgarian. He's from like Bulgaria or <laughs> yeah. something originally. A truly, a, a truly an amazing scene there. Uh, if if only to see, uh, you know, a Rolls Royce covered entirely in rhinestones. He also right. was the owner of the world. My favorite part overall of the Liberace Museum was when I was reading the Liberace's life timeline, and I learned that the Liberace Museum was founded in 1973, and Liberace died in the late 80s. Oh yeah. 
Um, so the Liberace Museum was founded by Liberace. You know what? My one of my favorite parts is just a fact, but but the the museum is separated into two buildings. You have to walk across a big parking. <laughs> You're walking lot. across a strip <laughs> mall. Big hot parking lot in the strip mall. It's like exi- there's like a there's like a pawn shop and a liquor store. <laughs> yeah, and and the docent will be in the yeah. We got to the second building. The second building is costumes, mm. and uh, we're looking at a costume. The docent engages us in conversation about the costume, and she'll say. Oh, you may remember the car in the previous building that matched this costume. <laughs> it's like you really have to refer back and forth mm-hmm. to get the full Liberace yeah. Museum experience. You have to be able to store the first building in your mind right. while you're in the second building to really get because there's not Jordan. It's not just the red, white, and blue hot pants suit. No, it also has a it also had a matching Rolls Royce. Right, sure. It's a complete set. So that's the best part of Vegas. But generally speaking, it's the place where souls go to die. Mm. I also like the outlet, outlet mall. I love outlet malls. I'll go to any fucking outlet mall. Cheap shrimps. Yeah, they did have some cheap shrimps. We ate at a breakfast buffet. Mm. Uh, we had a lunch buffet, too. I figure you're going you're gonna to go to Las Vegas. You want to hit the buffet? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. I don't know what that is. Oh, from Friends. Okay. Ah. Oh, right. That was her last name. Yeah. Oh, there you go. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Seth Morris, tall glass of faggot. Um, you guys, we're having a lot of fun. I want to let the listeners in on this. Do you mind? Is do you mind let, letting we, them in on our fun? Yeah. Do we? Do you mind if I let them participate in, this in our fun private fun party by sharing a little fun of their own? Okay. We okay. have an action item uh, uh, on the program. It's a continuing action item right now. Which is to ask uh, someone uh, of interest if you can go through their pockets, if you can Ooh. see what's in their pockets. Uh, we were, originally it was it was exclusively old people's pockets, but now we've opened it up to anyone that might be of interest. For example, a train conductor. Mm-hmm. You might want to know what's inside their pockets. So, luckily, at the Max Fun Meetup in Washington D.C. this past week, uh, a few Max Funsters went through some very interesting pockets. Hey, this is Evan Silver Spring. We just got back from seeing Paul F. Tompkins with Carol, Ebeth, and Cracksworth for the forums, and I wanted to let you know what was in Paul F. Tompkins' pocket. Uh, before I start, just want to let you know he was wearing a three-piece suit, including a pocket square. So if it sounds like he had a lot of stuff, it's because he had a lot of pockets. Okay, so to begin with, he had multiple handfuls of cellophane, uh, which is to say that it took multiple trips to uh, retrieve it all. He also had a pair of glasses with uh, very dark, very thick uh, frames. He had a very nice monogrammed pen, and he had his cell phone. So that is the contents of all of Tompkins' pockets. Excellent. Now we know exactly yeah. what are in the pockets of one of the funniest men in the world. Did he say cellophane? Cellophane. I believe he uh, he, he was he he looked through Paul F. Tompkins' pockets in. Uh, 1938. <laughs> um, now, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm loyal listeners to the show know that uh, I'm a fidgeter. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I like to fidget. Uh, it's always nice to have something to fidget with. There's certainly no doubt about that. Um, 
cellophane, uh, just a little sheet of cellophane, real fun to ball up, uh, real fun to kind of, uh, you know, roll around on your fingers. I'm maybe Paul F. Tompkins is a fidgeter. Oh, I, can, I see. You know, it's people talk about gaydar. Right, yeah, gay right, men sure. can spot other gay men. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm, there's a similar thing amongst the fidgeting community. You mm. see little telltale fidgeting signs, mm. and uh, gotcha. this, this to me, would seem that uh, that Paul F. Tompkins, host of VH1's Talk About Stuff show, <laughs> is uh, maybe maybe a closet fidgeter. Did you know that uh, Paul F. Tompkins and I have? Uh, uh, sartorial a very particular sartorial disagreement people email me a lot about paul f tompkins sure because they know that i'm uh, I, I i'm known to wear an outfit paul f tompkins also known to wear an outfit a key difference between our personal dressing philosophies paul f tompkins likes to have a matching tie and square mm. he, he will often have a tie and square that literally are the right. same pattern which i believe is gauche mm. I think they should complement each other, not match. And you guys are still able to get along? Is it? Are you polite was, when you see each other? Uh, well, I, uh, as I mentioned, I mean, he is maybe the funniest person in the world. So right. I'm, I'm willing to overlook that kind of thing. A little bit of gaucheness, mm-hmm. from my perspective only. Right. Certainly, he he feels perfectly justified in in, right. in wearing. But he would, because if he's gauche, he would feel okay with it. I'm not. I don't have anything further to say on the okay. subject. I just want to make it clear that he and I do have some disagreements. Just because we both like to wear suits, right? Especially on stage, doesn't mean we agree about everything. Right. Right. He, I agree that he's a great man. Fantastic. Certainly. Fantastic. Handsome. Hilarious. Delightful. Brilliant. Yes. Very glad he has his own new TV show. But I disagree about it. Right. You know, well, I disagree. I disagree. You're being a, <laughs> you're being a dick about it. Hey, JJ, go. This is Utah from Ohio, and I just drove past the corporate headquarters of a company that make back makes baskets, and that headquarters was shaped like a giant basket, and I feel like somehow this encapsulates all that is wrong with America. How wrong can one man be? Wow. He encapsulates everything that's wrong about America yeah. because a basket-shaped headquarters for a basket company encapsulates everything that's right about America. Yeah, yeah. Ingenuity, creativity, accuracy, Ent- <laughs> <laughs> also democracy, literalism. <laughs> Look, if if our nation's leaders had not been, had 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 metaphorical flights of fancy when they were leading our nation in the Revolutionary War, we would have lost. They knew that if you want to stab somebody in the gut, you got to use a musket, and if you want to build a headquarters for a basket company, it's got to look like a basket. Yeah, it's just simple. It's a one-to-one relationship. Yeah, it's like making bisquick. You know. You just follow the directions. It says right there what to do. Guys, I think I can cut this discussion short. The Bill of Rights. Very good. Need I say more? Let's move on to momentous occasions. Now, just so you know, Seth, uh, every week on the show, we ask people when something momentous happens to them Mm -hmm. uh, to call in and uh, tell us about it, hopefully as it's happening or in the immediate aftermath. Um, Momentous occasions might range from someone... Uh, being locked on uh, the porch by uh, some people there babysitting, 
uh, some children there babysitting to uh, what's another good one, Jordan? I, you know, we, we get a lot of lost my virginities. Yeah, mm. I, lost, I lost my virginity, and we're looking for things that we haven't heard before. Also, mm-hmm. that's the other mm-hmm. thing because if it's not momentous anymore, if someone else in our audience has already done it. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Joe from Madison, Wisconsin. Um, this is more for Jesse because I just saw former Cincinnati Red star Chris Sabo. Talk to him, real nice guy. Hopefully I'll get to meet Goose Gossage soon. All right, thanks, guys. 1988 National League Rookie of the Year, (laughs) Chris Sabo, the Cincinnati Reds third baseman, best known as the man more than any other who has epitomized the can ultimate, we go to the next one? Can we do the next the one? The ultimate athletic aesthetic All right. choice. Can we do the next one? The sport No goggle. one knows who that oh. is. You and that one guy. Well, I think with a name like Sabo, he had to be a professional athlete. He's the king of sport goggle wearers. James Worthy comes over to Chris Sabo's house <laughs> to ask for sports goggle advice. You know who I think? I think, oh, I think the king yeah. of sports goggle has to be like Mark Spitz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, the original. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I'm talking nope. about Chris Sabo here. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, let me ask you a quick question about Mark Spitz. Ever win the National League Rookie of the Year? No, he didn't. Did he help lead the Cincinnati Reds uh, to the 1989 World Series against the Oakland Athletics? No. How graceful Wait, no. is Sabo in the water, 1988, though? That's 19, the 1990 World Series against the o- Oakland Athletics, not the 1989. That one? was against the Giants. That one? No, he didn't. Okay. So All right. who, who's bullshit and who's the king of sports goggles? Answer, Mark Smith is bullshit. Chris Sabo is the king oh, of okay. sports goggles. Oh, okay. I thought as long as I don't have to be bullshit. I would have liked to have heard uh, from our caller about what kind of sports goggles Chris Sabo was wearing when he saw him. <laughs> That's how you can recognize him on the street. He's just always, yeah. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Coco. It's Mike from New York. I just slipped on a banana peel. Genuinely slipped on a banana peel, for real. It's never happened to me before. It's a momentous occasion. Bye. That truly is magical. That is that pretty is magical. It's that's, cl- that's classic is what that is. That, that is classic. That's the kind of thing that goes straight into the scrapbook. Like mm-hmm. some things only go into the scrapbook in retrospect. Uh, but if that happened to me, I'd grab a photograph from a passerby and I'd have my, you know, my pinking shears cutting special edging onto that photograph so it could go into the scrapbook right away. I wonder if his next momentous occasion is going to be like, I'm being chased by a bunch of clumsy cops or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I looked I looked left when my partner looked right and we didn't know each other were there. I, or, or how about maybe I uh I'm I'm in a complicated uh series of pratfalls that illustrates man's struggles in the industrial <laughs> age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm trapped in the gears of a of, a, of <laughs> right. an enormous mechanic. I jumped into a movie screen. Yeah. Well, I bet I'll, I bet I'll get kicked in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, here's hoping, huh? Momentous occasion! Hi, this is Margaret uh, from Melbourne, Florida, formerly Margaret from Manhattan. I haven't called in for a while because uh, I've been busy incubating a baby. Uh, I totally am in the hospital, uh, still slightly woozy from the epidural, holding a really adorable baby girl. Uh, I, now, I'm probably calling her Dinah, but if you guys come up with a name that I like better... It's not too late. So, you know, Donk, uh, Donk Lee, that could be something. Um, I'm 
not in my right mind right now. Anyway, I just had a baby, pretty momentous. Uh, I think I need a sandwich or something. Wow, that's hey, great. In the hospital on drugs, too. Yes. That's great. That's why, you know, people have called in about their baby. Like, the big momentous occasion that people want to call in about is, I just had a baby or I just bought a house. Those are the classics. They've been they've happened before. We're pretty much done with them. But Margaret wins, A, because she's a, a committed longtime listener, mm-hmm. member on the forums, has come to the meetups, and et cetera. But B, because she called in while she was still woozy from the... Her priorities went right. Birth child, call Jordan Jesse Go, have a sandwich to regain my strength. Yes. And that is the correct right. priority order for the bringing a new life into yeah, the world. Yeah, this is these are the people we want raising the next generation. Exactly. Poop out the baby. <laughs> call Jordan and Jesse, have something to eat. Right. In that order. Absolutely. And stunned. Great work, Margaret. Way to have a baby. And you know what? Dinah sounds fine. Dinah sounds great. Dinah sounds amazing. Dinah sounds really good. Now, I've, uh, I, I, I've met Margaret from Manhattan a few times, and if I'm not mistaken, I think, and, I, I, I think, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Margaret or somebody else on this, I think she's naming the child Dinah in reference to Wonder Woman's real name. Wow. <laughs> if, if, if my... I just assumed Dinah Shore or something like that. <laughs> I would oh. guess if I was to wager a guess. If you were, and that's fine with me. I thought she was really into uh, what's that guy called? The archery guy. <laughs> Robin Green Arrow. You can't name a girl baby Green Arrow. <laughs> I if I had a girl baby, I would name it. You know what I would name it? Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Seth Morris, tall glass of faggot. Um, I feel like that having that as a nickname is good, but it leads to uh, us having a lot of the word faggot in our show. Right. I, we've used it on from time to time. Sure. I think our positions on the gay community are clear. Mm-hmm. Our bona fides... Are, <laughs> we're, we're suspicious of them. <laughs> <laughs> Our bona fides have hopefully hopefully been established, mm-hmm. but it does it is a concern, right? Tall glass of homo. Um, well, or we could say because part of the reason I got it is that I'm really into like grooming, <laughs> which you might not be able to tell from looking at me, but I think I can see the um, remnants of a rub on tattoo on your arm. <laughs> yeah. I took my goddaughter out the other day and she gave me that. So. Oh, nice. Um, no, but I, I, I like, I'm a fan of like the mud mask and the, and the, you know, the, 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 the face scrubs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, while, while you so might we not could be... say like a tall glass of keels or something like that. <laughs> yeah, sure. that's better. I like a okay. tall glass of a keels. tall glass of hot stone massage. <laughs> maybe let's, 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 let's go with a tall glass of keels. Um, uh, action items for this, week mm-hmm. of course we still got this holiday project going on i'm sending out real checks i got a check sending service at my bank wow i'll send you cash money in the mail in the form of a check not cash <laughs> um all you have to do is have an awesome project that i select as a winner um uh apple butter mike can you uh email me your address by the way um uh, so you can put those up on the forum uh, or you can email or call us about them um we've also got this continuing looking through people's pockets thing going on um, and, uh, you know what I, I want to, I want to bring back, hmm. uh, 
Worst holiday. Okay. Worst holiday ever. We did this uh, two years ago, the very beginning of Jordan Jesse Go. We had people call in with their worst holiday experience of their lives. Um, I'm bringing it back. So 206-984-4FUN with your worst holiday experience. It has to be one that seems funny now. That's a distinction that we failed to make the first time we did it. <laughs> oh, no. And we got some that were like, you know, like, oh, you know, I had a miscarriage or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah. I had a miscarriage on talk Christmas morning. Talk about slipping morning. on a banana peel. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talk about comedy classics. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's an old Abbott and Costello routine, isn't it? <laughs> That's existential slapstick right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has to be That's something God's that... God's pratfall. It seems funny. I <laughs> mean, Your baby dies. <laughs> you may remember the... You may remember the story whose whose mother and grandmother uh, had an enormous, a, a painfully emotional falling out in which uh, the, I believe the grandmother came over to his mother's house for Christmas and was turned away. Uh, but it ended with his mother and grandmother having a pie fight. <laughs> wow. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so uh, that's about what we're looking for. 206-984-4FUN with your worst holiday moment ever. Remember to keep it pithy. Um, if you if you want, we've still got this offer open. If you want a sponsorship slot on Jordan Jesse Go for a hundred bucks, one week, a hundred bucks. We've already got a couple in the pipeline coming up, but uh, uh, just email me Jesse at maximumfun.org or email us at uh, Jordan Jesse Go, uh, JJ Go at maximumfun.org. Um, anything else, Jordan? Am I forgetting anything? Our theme music, "Love You" by the Free Design. Another person posted on the forum today about how they actually listened to the CD and how fucking amazing and great it was. Sure, I agree completely. And yes, it is old. They were surprised that it was old. They thought it was new. No. It's from the uh, early seventies, late sixties, early seventies is when they were active. Um, anything else, Jordan? No, nope. got all the bases covered. Yeah, that was good. We'll see you next week on Jordan Jesse Go. Hey, we've got a special segment, website only this week. So visit the forum at MaximumFun.org, and you can download 15 minutes or 20 minutes or so of us talking with Seth about writing and creating the smallest cock in porn, the mini-movie on FunnyOrDie.com, as well as which athletes are and are not actually funny. (laughs) 